Hello everyone, it's Bree and Dee, and we're back. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to the Chocolate Bar, our lives, our strength, our time, celebrating women of color in the string sports. We are back again. I can't believe this has been like, I mean, we're like on episode six, right? I think it's six. Yes. I, I, I'm pretty sure we're at six. This is crazy, yo. Like, I, I don't know. It just... It, the fact that we've gotten this far without, you know, burning down the house or anything else or killing each other <laughs> is just a miracle Yay. and amazing and a blessing. And I'm still super excited to be here. So welcome back, you guys. Um, so before we get started, as per usual, Dee, catch us up with what's going on in your world. Let's see. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm working and living and doing things <laughs> trying to go on a vacation but why that's so hard I don't seem mm. to understand that is the hardest thing I've done all year is try to figure out how to go on vacation right that shouldn't be that hard <laughs> especially when you have no kids or no husband or no no anybody to worry about except yourself right. somehow that makes it that right. much harder well, probably you go, because girl. well you know what it is it's trying to figure out where you feel comfortable traveling as a single person, like as a single oh, yeah. woman, where you're yeah. not going to end up dead in somebody's like forest somewhere. Right. I Especially I since <laughs> I am, I am kind of earthy leaning. So, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I would love to go to Sedona, but running around in Sedona in the mountains by myself, bad idea. On Probably all not a good idea. Terrible idea right. on all fronts. So, yeah, who knows? Um, and as you know, and I think maybe some people know, I don't know, I am officially on a short little powerlifting break, um, mm-hmm. at least a month. I don't know that that means I'm not going to train for powerlifting. I just am not following any specific set of coaching rules and regulations right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I need a break. It's been six months and... My body said, leave me alone. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. So did my brain. Mm-hmm. So that is where we stand. Um, so, yeah, right now it's about kind of recentering myself and seeing if I can find the fun part of training again. Um, training consistently is great, uh, but it's not always so great when you're exhausted and you don't necessarily have a timeline for training. I think if we want to talk about things and lessons and things of that nature that we should share with our lovely audience out there. I think the Mm -hmm. one that I took from this is that I have, I am a person that has to have an end game Mm -hmm. or a goal or a something. So never ending training that feels like I'm training for something, but there is no something right. It's not good (laughs) Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. leads me very quickly down the road of burnout, which is where I am sitting right now. So uh, vacation, not necessarily a break from training, but break from training style. Um, I don't know the last time I didn't squat bench dead, so that won't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. But um, and I'm still chasing down my 200 pound bench press, so I'm not really trying to lose that momentum anyway so mm-hmm, i guess mm-hmm. right now it's just maintaining whatever strength i have maybe building some new strength getting to do some things i haven't done in a while um you know me i like to be an athlete and lately i haven't been an athlete i've been a power lifter that's two different things for me um take a little space to be able to go run and do some silly things in the gym that i don't get to do or don't, don't have space for when i am being a quote-unquote power lifter mm-hmm. so yeah that that that's where i am right now is kind of recentering finding myself and right. then once I, I get back to a point where i wake up in the morning and i'm like yes it's time to train 
then I can consider setting some goals and right. getting my butt back on a really structured schedule. It might only mm-hmm. take a week. It might take a month. It might take right. a month. Who knows? Right. So that's where things are right now. Well, I applaud you for even <laughs> recognizing that. No, seriously, because you know, like we, you know, I mean, obviously, I think for the people that are attracted to, you know, strength sports in general, like they're just a special kind of crazy because <laughs> of, you know, the amount of work that you have to put in and, you know, that type of thing. And they're typically the kind of people that are just like relentless, like I'm not going to stop until I get to where I need to get to, even if I kill myself in the process. So I think the fact that you, you know, are self-aware enough to recognize, okay, I need to put the brakes on for a little while and, you know, kind of recenter myself. Like, I think that is an amazing skill to have and, and, and not a lot of folks have it. You know, you know I, I certainly didn't acquire it until much later in life. So, you know, I think, you know, you deserve a little self pat on the back, girl. That's, that's pretty cool. Yay, you know, cause a lot of, team. yeah, you know, and, and, and to recognize that whatever you decide to do, it's going to be okay. If you decide that you want to take more than, like you said, a month, it's okay. If you take, you know, 20 minutes, I don't suggest that. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going back to powerlifting. Right. In yeah. five. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that's, I think that's, um, that's really good. You know, and especially I think as, you know, women and particularly, you know, as black women, like we don't do enough of putting ourselves first. You know, even if it's just ourselves, we put so many things ahead of you know, like our own personal happiness or, you know, mental health or, you know, for some people it's physical health, whatever. So the fact that you are taking this opportunity to put yourself first and just like kind of, you know, sort of reground yourself, I think is, is amazing. So I'm very proud of you, little sis. Thanks. Thanks. I think I learned from you. Maybe, maybe, maybe some of your, your, your wise big sis lessons have finally rubbed off. Ooh, child. Well, now if I could only just heed my own advice. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's the hard part Uh, yeah it really is um anywho so i guess what have i been doing um i've been doing a whole lot of nothing um and i guess just you know by that just sort of same old same old um training dieting cardioing cardio cardioing um you know not digging any of it um work has been crazy busy (laughs) um but hopefully that'll slow down a little bit this week um had some family drama going on um and that was that took a lot of the wind out of my sails and so just man just trying to keep the ship upright has really been my sole focus the last the last couple of weeks and some days have been better than others um you know pretty much i'm on the sort of verge of some pretty big changes um and i'm not going to get into them all here because that would probably require a whole other episode (laughs) to to get into but um you know just like i was telling you you know just kind of got to the point where i said you know i need to like put the brakes on things and figure stuff out and you know um kind of get to my happy place again so I'm, i'm slowly doing that and you know feeling better about it so that's kind of where I've been. Uh, my son has one week left of school. Lord help us all. Um, so <laughs> if we can get him through next Wednesday, get him out of school, then, you know, life will be grand. I've had to deal with some issues with him at school and bullying as far as, you know, other kids bullying him. And, you know, I'm mama bear and I fight children. So, um, <laughs> yes, 
full disclosure disclaimer so just been trying to navigate that that space um and i I think you know i think everybody's just like we just need a break teachers kids you know parents so end of the year as a former teacher i can tell you and by the end of the year you're like you know what I don't care what you do. Yeah, here, just here don't burn the school down. Just, just right. Here's some worksheets. Here's some toys. Just please right. go. Here's a right. Movie. Do something. Just get leave me out alone. of my face. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. So yeah. Just just trying to get through that and 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 hopefully enjoy the summer. Um. So that's all that's really been going on with me. Um. So I wanted to chit chat a little bit tonight because I think this is always something you know that's sort of not far from our brains. Um, just whether it's forced upon us by um, the media or you know, particularly being in, in the kind of sports that we indulge in, and particularly for me for bodybuilding, um, and that's body image. You know, and and kind of the evolution of that and and what it looks like, you know, for women of color specifically and sort of how that's shaped by, you know, a lot of things, Um, family and um, like I said, you know, the media and, you know, society in general. And so I kind of wanted to dig into that a little bit and, uh, you know, just get some get some good conversation going. So I guess, um, you know, if we sort of start at the beginning, um, it makes sense to talk a little bit about, you know, what your body image was like when you were growing up and, and how sort of, you know, the influences that were on that, whether it be, you know, your relationship with your mom or even her relationship with her body and her body image and kind of how that, how that shaped you. So, um, yeah, why don't you tell me a little bit about that, Dee? <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what so, happens when you make me be the, be the host, be the host. And, and do the announcing and all of that. Then I get to flip the script and ask you questions well, first. You know, it's funny, though, before I even answer that question, I was kind of browsing around on the interwebs. Mm-hmm. And I forget that people, I guess, feel like black women don't have body image issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was reading some of these articles out here. Um, and it's really funny because there's this, you have to search for things about women of color, not even just black women, but women of all kinds of colors, mm-hmm. um, about body image. We don't talk about it. It's just, it's, we're not included in the more, I guess you could say, quote unquote, mainstream dialogue. Mm-hmm. We're kind of in the corner, kind of doing our own thing. And it's interesting right. because I am, and we'll circle back to this. I am someone who definitely at one point had an eating disorder and no one really knew what to do with me because no one had ever seen a black girl who was an eating disorder for one thing Mm -hmm. and for another who wasn't stick thin and falling apart. Right. I was thin for me, but I Mm -hmm. wasn't thin as other people would visualize it. So I just, it's interesting to see how that's impacted myself and my life and the things I do because I kind of, to a certain extent had to fix myself. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because there was no real thought at, especially at, at the time that I was engaging in all of that, there was no real thought of black women and black bodies and what we look like when we're eating disordered. We're, you know, if you're built stacked as I am, mm-hmm. s- skinny stacked doesn't look the same as right. anorexic as people picture it. Mm-hmm. And um, it was interesting because I was at being quote unquote eating disordered for me my thing was I just didn't eat or I would you know eat for a couple days and then take a couple days and not eat at all or I'd eat apples and you know crackers or just crackers Mm -hmm. or 
or I would drink, I'd go, I did this a lot in college, I would go and, you know, buy a big smoothie and drink that one smoothie from seven in the morning until seven Mm -hmm. at night. (laughs) And that Mm -hmm. would be my Mm -hmm. calories for the day. And because it made me lose weight, it was encouraged. My doctors were excited Mm. because my normal weight, the weight where I'm actually healthy by every medical chart in the books, at least at the bare minimum falls in overweight. Mm -hmm. Always has. I mean, going back to little kid days, they were like, she needs to lose, you know, however many pounds. Right. And so for it, that's a crazy thought that you would have doctors who, despite the fact being told, you know, by my mother or whoever, or even just by me directly, I don't eat. I, uh, she doesn't eat. She doesn't. She she throws her food out at school. She she we pack a lunch and she throws it out, or we leave her alone and she throws the food in the, in the house in the garbage, or she binge eats and then proceeds to exercise herself to death. And the doctor said, "Well, she's lost thirty pounds and she's at a healthy weight. For lack what? of better, for lack of better word, let's just reference Homer Simpson. Don't like." What are you right. doing? What are you but, saying? <laughs> so you're telling me it's good that I'm starving myself. Thanks, bruh. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but to relate that back to like this actual body image thing, it's funny because I was a dancer and a gymnast. And for the longest time, I was always like the fat dancer, the fat gymnast. <laughs> and it was always encouraged. I was surrounded by, especially in the ballet world, as I'm sure most of you know, uh, that no eating disorders aren't encouraged but being very thin and light is encouraged right which uh, for a lot of people how you gonna get there an eating disorder (laughs) exactly exactly and so it was this kind of unspoken thing with the girls the group of girls that i spent my time with that oh yeah we'll go get a salad but we're not eating this we just carry it around because we're supposed to be eating they sent us on a lunch break Mm-hmm. So we'll get a salad and we'll sit around and <laughs> pretend right. to eat salad. <laughs> right. And it's it's crazy to think now, all these years later, that there was this woman, and I know I've talked to you about this. There was this lady who used to call me like the baby elephant. Mm-hmm. Or call me baby elephant. She was our costume person. I was fitted for costumes and things of that nature for shows. And she just called me baby elephant. It was just a matter of fact. And I think in her mind, she almost thought it was an affectionate thing. Right. But calling a child a baby elephant is never affectionate. It's never a good idea. And I always knew I was bigger than everybody I was around in the dance world. And there were definitely points where, and I'd forgotten about this, and full disclosure for our listeners, this is the third time we have recorded this episode. Oh, (laughs) I see. I was not going to bring that up. I'm going to bring it up because this way, this way, if we start to sound like we're tired, we can explain why we're tired. Right, right. (laughs) See, you blew blew the cover. I was going to be like, yes, and we are professionals, and this is, we just did this (laughs) once, and it was amazing. Nah, they already know we're all over the place, so let's just know them. This is true. Actually, it would be more odd if we did just get it right the first time so this makes perfect sense (laughs) so but anyway like this being the third time things that we have we talked about before have triggered other like things that I remember and I distinctly remember my father who never was one to talk about my body one way or the other Mm -hmm. I do remember him having to go to bat for me in dance class one day because for whatever reason my mom couldn't take me 
and they had brought in this teacher this and he was a black man but he was the tiniest little black man i've ever seen not height wise but body wise he at the weight i am now was probably half the size of my body mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um very dancer-esque and long arms and legs and graceful which is if you know me i am the exact opposite of that i am short mm-hmm. and stumpy and shaped like a curvy oompa loompa and this i man, wouldn't say that but yes i said a curvy oompa loompa <laughs> oh, curvy okay. one it's fine <laughs> not a round one a curvy okay. one okay just let's yeah let's get it correct <laughs> so he came in and i was maybe eight or nine at the time and I was in advanced. I was in a, this advanced class, and they let me take this class from this guest teacher. And at that point, I'd been dancing at the school for so long; no one ever thought anything about me any differently. They just, you know, yeah, okay, she's bigger than all the other dancers, but whatever. She's talented. Mm-hmm. You let her be. Mm-hmm. This man could not handle me, and <sighs> the fact that I was not stick fin and you know five foot seven with legs to the sky or whatever he couldn't handle it and he was i was eight and he was so mean to me that i cried in class and i remember my father basically kicking in the door of the studio go ahead daddy and walking over to the bar and being like she's going home you're not gonna talk to her like this you're not gonna make my daughter cry she's going home Mm -hmm. and he dragged me out of there and he kind of was like first of all don't ever let anybody talk to you like that ever again <laughs> because right. he, was, he was genuinely very rude and very mean considering that i was eight years old in a professional dance setting if i had been 18 in a professional dance setting or even 15 or 16 it's totally normal behavior but for an eight-year-old who's still we don't even know what my body was going to look like i was eight <laughs> exactly for him to kind of rag on my body and my shape and my lines so hard at eight years old and what was basically an advanced class for younger dancers so I think Mm -hmm. the oldest person in the room was maybe 14 if Mm -hmm. that for him to rag so hard on my body that I burst into tears and was like standing there at the bar shaking yeah my dad deserved to be able to kick in the door and drag and he's lucky your dad didn't kick his ass right because i really thought that that was what was going to happen was that my dad who was the most calm and cool collected man on the earth would have was going to take this small man and grab him by the neck and shake him until Mm -hmm. he blacked out but he didn't and it's but it's really it's it's that moment i'd forgotten about that i think i blacked it out because it was so horrible for me at eight Mm -hmm. years old Mm -hmm. but dance has led to this odd feeling about my body because I've always danced this is probably the first time in my life that I haven't mm-hmm. since I've been powerlifting because dancing and powerlifting the recovery is just just no <laughs> just right no yeah. <laughs> that's what the recovery is no and as much as yes my mother and her kind of being a single mom and dating formed a lot of like my foundational ideas about what I should look like as in oh I need to have a good looking body I need to be in great shape and there's some people like to talk about the fact that I have thick thighs and a curvy body and a tiny waist those were all positive things that everybody talked about and made me really uncomfortable but the other side of that was that I was going to dance class every week and being told I was a baby baby elephant or fat or Mm -hmm. my lines were terrible and would never be good because I'm short and chunky and what have you Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. There was this weird dynamic where I don't know that I ever knew, A, what I wanted to look like, Mm -hmm. B, what, not that there is a definition of this, but what I should look like, as in what me at my best would look like. Mm -hmm. And, And even worse is, I think 
I was trying to process all of these various inputs and I was forever kind of uncomfortable. Right. Just uncomfortable because I didn't like the attention I got for having the quote unquote stereotypical positively reinforced black girl body. Mm-hmm. I hated that. It was uncomfortable. I didn't like people talking about my thick thighs and my big butt and my small waist and my big boobs. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated it. But I also hated being called a baby elephant. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I would imagine so. <laughs> so, and being fatter than everybody else in dance class. Mm-hmm, and there was never mm-hmm. a point where I found a, at least not until I got to high school and just started and dropped all of that really for the most part and started playing sports. There was never a point in there where I found an, a happy medium. I was mm-hmm. either miserable because I was fat or miserable because everybody thought I was thick and sexy or just uncomfortable mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. never a comfort point and that's a scary place to be like if I, I think about it if I had a child now especially a daughter I wouldn't want her to feel that right I wouldn't want her to feel that to, to walk around for most of your formative years and never be able to be really comfortable with what you look like or what your body looks like and to kind of stand in front of the mirror and say well Am I supposed to grow? Am I supposed to shrink? Am I supposed to stay the same? Right. And it makes it very hard to be... And then to stack on top of that, when I start taking action to not be quite so thick and curvy and not quite so, quote-unquote, fat, I do it the most unhealthy way possible. Right. As unhealthy as possible. And then I get positive reinforcement for doing those unhealthy things. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a when I think about it now, that's the perfect storm of foolishness. Yes. <laughs> to kind of ruin a little girl. And it's I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm glad that I found sports, like just pure sports where yeah. there's no aesthetic component. I'm very glad that I started playing soccer and softball and things of that nature where didn't nobody care what I look like in soccer right. shorts. <laughs> right. Can you fit into a uniform? We have them up to size extra, extra, extra large. Can you get in one? Right. You can? Okay, well, let's go. Cool. <laughs> there you go. Let's go. Run. Go. Kick the ball. Yeah. Make things happen. And it, it, it's, it's one of those things where you don't necessarily think about it until you're older. Mm-hmm. And you think about the possibility of what your life would be like if you never knew any of that and yeah. never dealt with any of that. And I would be a much happier person even now. As good as I am with where my body is, I'm still hyper-conscious of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would be if I hadn't dealt with that. Right. So, long story short, yeah, complicated. <laughs> yeah, girl, it, I mean, it is. It, and it's funny, like, you know, you were saying, it, it's kind of this juxtap- juxtaposition because, you, you know, you say that, generally speaking, you know, black women, women of color, you know, don't necessarily have the same sorts of body issues that uh, maybe, you know, white women do. Um, But it's still, we still, a lot of us have a very complicated relationship with our bodies, right? Um, You know, and I think for me, you know, sort of, again, going back to, you know, kind of being a little kid, you know, like you, I never thought much about my body, right? I, I, at least how it looked. Um, I was a pretty active kid. You know, I, I didn't really do sports per se, but I took gymnastics. I took dance, you know, like a lot of other little kids and, you know, it was all good. I never thought much about it. And I mean, you know, I, I know that I've kind of mentioned this before, but you know, I was, you know, 
pretty heavily into gymnastics for quite some time. I just, I loved it. I was, you know, really obsessed with it and kind of got to a point with um, whoever I was working with. I don't even remember. It was, I couldn't have been more than nine or 10, um, you know, working with a coach and, you know, the coach had approached my mom and said, oh, you know, she's really good. And, you know, you guys need to decide, you know, is she going to, you know, sort of continue on this path to kind of see where it goes or, you know, just do it more sort of casually as a hobby. And, um, you know, then the coach was like, you know, and I think she's really good. She's got talent. I could definitely see her, you know, going far, but she's going to need to lose about 10 pounds. And my mother was like, wait, what? You know, and much like your father politely gathered our things and said, we are leaving. And that was pretty much that. So that was really probably the first time that I was aware that maybe I looked different or maybe, you know, there was something wrong with the way I looked because um, I happened to hear the conversation. So of course I'm like, huh? And all I knew was I loved to do gymnastics and then I wasn't doing it anymore, you know? So that was really sad for me. And, you know, at some point I think maybe I thought, you know, did I do something wrong? Was this my fault? You know, does anybody else have to lose 10 pounds? Oh, and the majority of the other, yeah. And the majority of the other, um, girls in that class were you know little white girls so I was maybe me and one or two other girls were you know the only brown girls in there so I was like you know did he say that to everyone or you know whatever so that was kind of the first time I think I was like huh you know I, I guess I look different than what you know other people look like um you know I didn't have I didn't have a weight problem growing up or anything like that um I was always a thicker kid you know, um, I, you know, always had a booty, always had, you know, big thighs. Thanks, genetics. Thanks, mom. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I don't ever remember getting a lot of flack for it. Um, I remember, you know, with my mom and her relationship with her body, like she was always, what's the word? She was always what I guess one would call a sturdy woman. Like <laughs> she was, um, when, when I was growing up, like she, you know, was, I, again, I got my legs and stuff from her. And plus she's a lot bustier than I am. So she was pretty stacked, you know, not fat, but just stacked. And, you know, I don't ever remember her when I was growing up, you know, talking shit about herself or her body. Like it wasn't one of those, oh my God, I need to go on a diet or, you know, she wasn't that kind of mom. Um, and I don't know if that's just because she was too busy working and, you know, raising four kids or whatever, but yeah, I don't really, re really remember her, um, talking badly, you know, negatively about herself or her body. I do remember though, her talking negatively about, you know, other people in the sense of, you know, kikiing on the friend on on the phone with her friends or her aunt or my aunt her sister like oh did you see so-and-so at church today girl yeah she put on some weight you know and i'm mean, not really mean but just more like oh my gosh wow you know almost in this whoo i don't know what i do if that happened to me kind of way so it was almost like i knew that you know being bigger or being fat wasn't a good thing to have happen right right um you know, and, and now whether that was kind of her own fear, she was sort of projecting out there, you know, I don't know, I've never really asked her about it. But um, I do remember getting that sense that, you know, that's not you don't want to be too big, you know, you can be bigger, but you don't want to be too big kind of thing. Um, and so I, you know, I definitely remember that growing up. And then I think the thing that really stuck out for me more than, you know, from a body image perspective was 
by the time I hit preteens and teen, you know, my teenage years, it wasn't so much there was a problem with the way I looked per se, but it was more like it was this whole concept of you need to cover up. You know, I was, you mm-hmm. know, going through puberty. Um, like I said, I always had a big butt and big legs. So those were there from day one. But then, you know, I started to develop curves. I started to develop breasts, whatever. And it was almost this, well, you need to cover yourself up. You know, I had three older brothers. And so, you know, whenever their friends were coming over, you know, and I'd be at home chilling, you know, drinking some juicy juice, you know, watching cartoons, <laughs> whatever, you know, doing what little kids do. And it'd be like, Right. And my mother would come in my room and be like, you need to put, you know, you need, you know, and I'd have on like probably a t-shirt and some shorts or some underwear. I used to love to be naked as a kid. So I never wore much clothes around the house, but you know, my mom would be like, so-and-so's coming over. You need to, you know, put on some clothes. And I'll be like, why? They ain't coming to see me, you know? And I didn't really understand, you know, what she was saying, um, what she was getting at. And so, you know, I was kind of resentful because I'm like, listen, I'm at home. I'm in my house watching Yogi Bear you know, eating fruit <laughs> snacks, doing what I do. Why I got to, right? Why I got to be uncomfortable because somebody else is coming over, you know. And for me, that was the start of, you know, making people comfortable with who you are, right? Changing yourself to so that other people would be comfortable with you. Um, and again, I think that's a very that's a very bad habit to get into. I mean, I mm-hmm. understand it from a surface level of you know, these are young men that are coming over. They don't need to, you know, you you can't be walking around in front of them, blah, blah, blah. Like I get where that thinking came from. And I get that, you know, my mom and my dad, or really my mom more so would do that because she's like, I need to keep my daughter safe. I completely understand that. However, I think what is problematic is that people don't necessarily look at, you know, instead of teaching young women cover up make other people comfortable around you make other people comfortable with your body doing what your body is supposed to do you know right. you are supposed to grow up into a woman you are going to develop curves you're going to get breasts you're going to develop hips things like that how about teaching men that a you know it is not your right to like we don't have to make you feel comfortable that's not right. what we're here for you need to be able to have you know the discernment and the wisdom and the maturity to be like that's a little kid i'm going on about my business you know what i'm saying like i just i really have a problem with with that whole notion of you know little girls and cover up and you know i i say it all the time to my son you know i talk to him a lot about these these issues with women and you know it is my it is my sole purpose in life not only to raise a good person but to not raise a misogynist and to not raise someone who is going to contribute to rape culture so I talk to him constantly about what he is and is not entitled to um, and one of the things that I tell him is your boner is not some little girl's problem yes Amen. <laughs> you know meaning if there's a young woman and she's dressed however she wants to be dressed and you have a problem with that because you can't control your penis that's on you that is not on her 
you know, and Amen. and you cannot de- start developing this attitude of, you know, and I, I mean, I remember it from church, like, you know, every so often the pastor would have to give a reminder. I don't know if somebody came in in their club clothes or whatever, you know, the pastor would have to give a reminder, you know, make sure you were dressed appropriately for church and, you know, you don't want to be a distraction and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, but wait, if you're there for God, then why, why are you, you looking, looking at, at my me? skirt anyway? You know, right. so I just... That was something that really, really stuck out to me and from growing up. And I didn't realize until I was grown that I, how much I hated that and how much I resented, you know, having to feel that way. Like, again, there's something wrong with me because my body is doing what my body's supposed to be doing as, as a growing young, young woman into a woman. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of, you know where I was growing up I didn't you know and even into you know high school and you know college um I didn't you know I didn't think much about I need to be skinny I need to be skinny you know I was always surrounded by you know folks who appreciated curves so it wasn't ever a big deal to me um it wasn't really until I got older and I think you know um you know, started paying more attention to the media and started paying more attention to magazines and things like that where things got a little muddled in my head. You know, that's when, you know, I really started to pay attention to what the alleged standard of beauty was, quote unquote. And at that time it was tall, skinny and white. <laughs> None of those things which I was right. or ever going to oh, be. Short of magic. Right, exactly. Um, or reincarnation. Right, so right. I think it was then that I started to sort of feel more self-conscious, more negatively about how I looked and what I looked like. And I think I went, that's when I kind of started going on that perpetual journey that a lot of women go through, you know, that losing that 10 pounds, getting those you know, flat abs, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, that led into a whole host of other things to kind of where we are now. But that was really my experience growing up. I had three brothers, like I said, and um, I was around them. They were much, much older than me. So, you know, when they were adults pretty much by the time that I came along. And so, you know, I would definitely hear them, you know, talk about women in a certain way and talk about women's bodies in a certain way. Um, But again, it was never, you know, anything that made me look at myself negatively. You know, they, you know, appreciated curves and hips and thighs and things like that. So, you know, that was kind of the message that I got. Um, You know, and, and interestingly enough, you know, they were the ones that I did not get the you need to cover up message for from you know in terms of their friends coming over it was more like their friends would come over and be like and you know one of my brothers would be like this is my little sister if you look at her I will snap your neck you know like (laughs) well that's straight straight forward and I mean even to this day (laughs) I'm 45 you know and I'll come home and you know he'll my brother will come by or whatever and you know we'll see somebody from the neighborhood and he'll be like I will punch you in the face that is my little sister and the the guy's like 60 you know whatever Mm -hmm. so um you know that was kind of cool so I didn't get that messaging I think that a lot of um young women you know who um are not women of color may have gotten growing up about being skinny or you know that was sort of that constant struggle that constant um messaging but you know I mean I will say you know sort of leading me to my next kind of question and point you know how do you in 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 your eyes I guess and in your own personal sort of 
um, process, how has, you know, societal standards and, you know, media and social media um, kind of figured into how you see yourself? You mentioned, you know, being in dance, and I definitely know, you know, that is one of those things that is, a lot of it is, um, you know, aesthetics driven. I mean, obviously you have to have talent, but I think a lot of that also coupled with looking a certain way. Um, and so how, how did those things sort of figure into kind of getting you to where you are? <laughs> right? <laughs> ah. You know, if I, if I'm honest, things external to me, other than things like the dance world in and of itself, mm-hmm. things external to me didn't really take they really didn't impact me until I got much, much older. I, it's funny, I grew up with a friend, a very close friend. I won't say who, and I won't say who her parents are, but her mom is- Come on, girl, spill was, the tea. Was, <laughs> was, a, was a pretty high, well-known high fashion designer. Her parents mm-hmm. were, and so she was always around fashion. I remember looking at fashion magazines when I went to her house because they were around. That's what her mom did for a living. Right. And even then it didn't, the, the the drive to be super thin or to look like the magazines never hit me. Mm-hmm. What did take or what did eventually catch up with me more than magazines or anything else when I got older was like MTV and music videos. Mm-hmm, specifically mm-hmm. specifically rap videos and mm-hmm. the R&B videos and Again, I've had a weird dynamic because I've never, and you know this because you've heard me say it a million times, I have never once in my life, even sometimes now as an adult, wanted to look the way I look. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. enjoy being super curvy. I don't enjoy it at all. It makes it impossible to find clothes. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) getting dressed should never be this difficult. And the attention that comes from it is not the best. Right. And so for me, when I was looking at those videos, I could... I had a sense that I looked more like those women than a lot of the women I saw in fashion magazines or fitness magazines for that matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there was this dynamic that happens with those those women and I think it's still true to this day where they're a standard of beauty but it's a weird standard of beauty because it's a standard of beauty that's not necessarily a respectable one for lack of better words. Right. Right. And so I always had a hard time with the fact that from the neck down, at least, that's what I look like to people. I, to Mm -hmm. this day, get questions about if I'm a stripper or I had, and I think I mentioned it on Instagram yesterday, the woman in the grocery store who was, you know, I I made the epic, epic mistake of forgetting to bring pants to the gym with me. Mm-hmm. to change into after I was done training and so I was walking around in public in shorts and a you know a cut off tank top and sneakers and I just wasn't trying to go home it was 975 degrees outside right, right. and I wasn't trying to go home and have to come back out because I knew I wasn't going to and aside from people staring at me the woman in the grocery store said you know if I had your body I'd be swinging from a pole somewhere mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right Thanks. and they're like thank I, you can you just thanks. ring my shit up please Right, that's not really necessarily... I don't even have anything against strippers. I actually appreciate what they do. Amen. But I don't know that that's necessarily a compliment either. And it's the same thing with when I moved to Atlanta in general. There was kind of this, oh, big booty hoe. Thanks. 
guess it's 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 a very I, I I it sounds and it feels a little conceited to say it, but I get what I consider negative attention. I get an inordinate amount of negative attention for what my body looks like. And Mm -hmm. I wake up most days wishing I just, quote unquote, look like an athlete. Like, I want to have, and I remember someone saying it, that athletes, female athletes don't have hips. Female athletes don't have big boobs. Now, Serena Williams totally broke that out of the mold and said, yes, we do. But sometimes I just wish that people would look at me and see an athlete. Instead of, oh, is she a stripper? Oh, she's stacked. Like... When I go for a run, the things that I hear if I run down the street, <laughs> I mean, thanks, I guess. And mm-hmm. so for me, that positivity about being curvy and small-waisted and what have you, for me, it, it's not a positive thing. I don't enjoy it. I don't right. like the fact that the first thing that most people know about me when they, or, see, or see when they see me is, oh, she's really curvy. I can't, I think with me, I, there's an interesting back and forth that I do where I play into it sometimes because I don't think I have a choice. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. act like my, I, I can't act like my build is any different than what it is. If you look at me, unless I'm wearing a, a sack, walking around in a garbage bag, <laughs> which is right. not really my thing, um, you're going to see the build. It's there. And sometimes I play into it yeah. because it's easier than trying to act like it's not there. But I definitely know that for me, that appreciation of big booty, small waist, big boobs, what have you, I don't enjoy it. I, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that right now Thick Thigh Thursday is a thing. I had thick thighs since before thick thighs were cool. Right. Can I, and I, can I just insert real quick <laughs> yes, how much that bothers it. me and pisses me <laughs> off? That's a whole other conversation, but I'm going to just put that out there because once again, <laughs> you doing some shit that we've always done and always had so now all of a sudden it's a thing but anyway i digress keep going but no it's true i it's i had and 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 the thing is is i grew up with those thick thighs i had them in college i had them in high school i have them now and for most of that time either a i was too fat to be desirable right or b i was a hoe (laughs) let's be honest let's be honest Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nobody was looking at me and saying oh she's clearly a girl who goes to the gym and lifts heavy weights no it was well she's a hoe (laughs) i could have been covered whatever that means right yeah but i could be covered from head to toe to go back to the cover-up issue but because of what Mm -hmm. i am shaped like we jump from no matter what i have on to Oh, that's a woman too. That is a hoe, and that and, and right. or that is a woman who's not worthy of my respect. And that is probably the thing that bothers me more than anything else in terms of body image. Is that a lot right. of times I feel like my build, by default, the reaction I get is sexual. There Which is, is no crazy because if you if you think about it, let's let's think about the actual sort of dictionary slash textbook meaning of a hoe right so you know allegedly i, I you know I, I imagine that to mean a woman because you know for what is worth typically people are not referring to men when they call them hoes i mean they, no. they do call them hoes but typically that's not something that's reserved for for males it, you know it's, it's typically just reserved for women but okay so you know typically a woman who let's say has a lot of sexual partners right that's typically what a, what people 
right. refer to Which, when they refer to someone again, as a hoe. That's now, her business. Right. Well, not only that, but if you were born a certain way in terms of your body and what God gave you, how does that correlate to you being a hoe? Right. That's the part that always kills me. So because God get, blessed her and gave her curves, that immediately correlates to she has a lot of sexual partners? Bruh, what are you saying? Right, pull your life together. Like, how does that even, how does that even compute? But anyway. And, and, but how do we get from, it is, it's a very good question, like, how does it get from curves to woman who doesn't deserve any respect? Exactly my point. Like, really, how does that happen? Because there are some very skinny string bowl string bean hoes walking around if you want to <laughs> if you want to use that definition right there's plenty of skinny hoes walking around right. so again that doesn't make any sort of sense but whatsoever but yeah it goes, goes to that point it goes back to what you were saying about what you're teaching your son your boner is not my freaking problem exactly <laughs> your response to my body yes i may have i'm not gonna sit here and say i don't i might have the stereotypical like this is what we put in the video this is the girl we put in the booty shorts to bend over in the video to turn everybody on yeah that's exactly what i'm built like i'm not i'm not stupid i can see myself in the mirror but that doesn't mean that's your (laughs) life i mean that's my life that doesn't I, i that's not who i am that's not where i start and end and the fact that for me at the age i am um the fact that my dating history comes down to non-existent to a certain extent because the people I meet they lead with the assumption that I don't have a career that I don't have right. a brain because of what I look like and much again and the, how the, is that even go ahead because Sorry. I think people here at least here in Atlanta I will say this there is a group of women who do look exactly like I do in terms of body Mm -hmm. they use that to the fullest and the utmost they have no careers they have no education they have no jobs they don't need to why because there are men here who are willing to fund your entire life based on that that's not who i am though but you're but that again your boner is not my problem so have a conversation with me and get to know me but i for me body image wise i think that dynamic especially now that it's become a celebrated thing bugs the living crap out of me i i would love to wake up one day just for maybe a week and walk around with a boxy waist like i would love to look like what people think of in their heads stereotypical wise when Mm -hmm. people think of a crossfit athlete blocky abs with no waist and your waist and your hips are the same size and you have no boobs i would pay to wake up like that just for a week yeah right just for a week to know what Mm -hmm. it's like for people to see you and look and go yo that girl's an athlete because that has never been my experience it is never when i was a gymnast when i was a dancer now as a power lifter when i was doing the bodybuilding thing it was never that it was always oh she must be some kind of stripper she right so for me stupid it is stupid and i think for me that would be that is what my bot where my body image issues lie is that mm-hmm. i don't walk around comfortable because i'm always waiting for the sexual ridiculousness that comes with looking like what i look like right right and, and cool. i think part of it too is that you know not i noticed this too for women that you know look a certain way you know you know super curvy or whatever and don't be comfortable with it like don't love it because then people really gonna come at you because how yep. dare you be comfortable with what you look like you know 
And it's like, that's, you know, that's something that I noticed too. I mean, case in point, you know, I was reading that story. I don't know if I told or had mentioned this to you, but that story earlier today about Amber Rose, you know, and Mm -hmm. I guess she was sort of advertising her, you know, slut walk 2017 or whatever, and basically posted a picture of her, uh, you know, hoo-ha on Mm -hmm. the interwebs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like people have literally lost their minds because how dare she you know and say what you will about her you know whatever she is very comfortable with who she is and that to a lot of people especially as a black woman to a lot of people that is just unacceptable it's just not the way it's supposed to be so you know i think that's that's another component to it in terms of self-image you know or how you view yourself like if you you know just again have the audacity to view yourself positively and think you are beautiful and think your curves are beautiful then it's a whole host of other drama you're a hoe or you're you know you're you need attention you're thirsty or whatever and it's like no i'm just good where i am you know and i and and the problem the thing with that is that not only do i see that coming from society in general like you know society tells us that we are not supposed to be comfortable with who we are but then when you turn around and there are people in your own community that feel the Mm -hmm. same way that's what's really disheartening you know that's really like that is hurtful when you know it's a black man or or you know even some some other black women are just kind of like you know how dare you be comfortable with what you look like you're not supposed to like who you are you know so it's just i mean it's just problematic on so many different levels um you know and i think for me you know how how uh, you know society and you know social and social media and all that sort of affected my body image um you know it's been an interesting you know ride i'll say that like i was saying earlier you know i definitely went through that phase um you know i guess really after college you know started working um and went to grad school etc where it, it was more about you know being thin you know, being thin, being a certain size, um, and clothes and things like that. Um, and you know, that was kind of always where the focus of, and I've always been active, you know, I've always, I've, I've pretty much always worked out, but that was where the focus of, of my training always went to, you know, got to do cardio. Cause I got to lose 10 pounds, got to get a flat stomach, you know, got to, Oh gosh. And my legs, let me tell you about the love hate relationship I had <laughs> with these joints. Um, you know, that was a huge, my legs were a huge Achilles tendon for me for a long time because they're, you know, they are, oh, they're so big and they're bigger than, you know, and, you know, I'm definitely bigger on the bottom than, than I am up top. So, you know, that was just like a thing for me. That was always something that was, you know, I could never get them, you know, to be smaller, you know, and and it didn't, it took a while for me to realize, well, dumbass, that's genetics. Like, (laughs) come on now (laughs) you know so that was always hard for me because again that was not the aesthetic the aesthetic was long and lean you know it was not you know thick thighs and quads at least not at that point in time um you know and and again it was almost this self but it was more of a self-imposed issue like i i don't ever remember anyone saying anything to me about it you know it was just more you know myself like there was a and a lot of people who know me now, like there was a point in time when I would, I, you would have had to 
kill me and like I would have rather poked my eyes out with a fork than wear shorts to the gym or in public like I never did that because I hated my legs so much um and now of course that's all I wear but yes um <laughs> you know and I remember and this is so crazy like I remember you know when I first started competing after um you know my son was born and that was always I competed in figure and that was always consistently the quote-unquote critique from the judge judges you need to bring your legs down 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 you know and again you know I worked on that for a while until I got to a point where I was like well hey they're not really gonna come down I could stop walking tomorrow and my legs would still I mean seriously short of amputation like I could literally be wheelchair bound for quite some time and my legs would be just as meaty as they are right now um so that was the first thing I realized and then the second thing was I was like I actually kind of like my legs you know and so that really was what kind of made me you know want to transition out of you know trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and finding a bodybuilding division that worked with the body that I naturally possessed um but yeah as far as you know other influences I mean I think now even you know with social media and things like that like it just it gets to be very overwhelming and I mean I can honestly say at the age of 45 like I'm you know I'm incredibly comfortable in my skin you know obviously this is kind of a weird space because my body doesn't look like it normally does because of of you know dieting and prepping for a show but just kind of in my normal everyday walking around life like I'm I can pretty much walk past them and be like I'm good you know obviously there's always going to be things that you know you want to fix or things that you're like oh I wish this was different but for the most part you know I'm cool and it's like you know and I kind of have mixed feelings I think about this I referenced this earlier but about this advent of you know thick thighs and a nice butt um and a curvier figure kind (laughs) of becoming a thing um and and here's why so I do love the fact that all different types of bodies are starting to be celebrated more, right? And and having exposure and saying, it's okay if you have this kind of body, like you're fine. What I find problematic is the way that mainstream society has focused on these things and celebrated it for certain women Whereas for other women who always had this same, you know, silhouette and physique were looked down upon, like you just said, they're considered hoes, they all must be strippers, you know, they, you know, or whatever, they're less than, I mean, just craziness. And it's like, so because this, you put two bodies together, one of them brown mm-hmm. and one not. The non-brown one is, oh, this is body positive, celebrate your curves, you know, thick thigh Thursday, you know, big booties, blah, blah, blah. But yet you look at the brown one and it's like, you know, how to improve your thick thighs, how to get rid of this, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's like I give the side eye to that constantly and I see it on social media all the time, too. Um, And like I said, it really bugs me because it's like dude like with this whole thing when you know j-lo was super popular and i don't have a problem with j-lo like whatever she's got a banging body i'll be the first to admit it but you know when she kind of became very popular you know because of her butt or her figure i'm like you could walk down any major street in new york city in oakland in san francisco you know in la or texas in in the hood or you know in a more predominantly 
black area and find any girl on the street that looks just <laughs> like that any any day of the week tons well, of for that matter you could but, go to where where j-lo was from and go to the bronx and find 13 more just like hello she go to the block right like and she's jenny from the block there's more right. of her where she and came it's kind of like yeah it's exactly that's what i'm saying same thing any 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 concentration of brown girls you know brown women you go and you're gonna find 5 10 15 20 with amazing bodies and beautiful faces and whatever but they're not going to get that same shine you know because of you know the tone of their skin or sort of what that represents to mainstream america so i find that to be disheartening and like i said it, it kind of like i have mixed feelings about it when i see that um you know and, and and i mean really that was one of the reasons too why this whole project was so important to me because you know i i think that representation is super important you know and you know we need to see women that look like you or look like me or even you know even brown women who are super skinny or whatever and don't fit into that box that you know what we're supposed to look like with the stripper bodies or whatever we need to see ourselves represented too like you know i'm sick of you know sort of just taking kind of features of ours that are heavily admired and desired and then putting them on white bodies right or mm-hmm. celebrating them when they are not when they're on bodies that are not brown right when um, they become a trend when it becomes they become trendy and it becomes and a trend i've yes. asked you before i always wonder and this will always be something that i wonder and i'm going to sit back and watch for the next i don't know year or two and see what happens what happens when this trend goes away Girl. and nobody wants thick thighs and a big butt anymore? Because you know what? At the end of the day, I am still going to have a big old butt and okay. some big old thighs and a, and a tiny waist and a big set of hips. Listen. So what happens when it's not cool anymore? It's I'm waiting for some, someone to explain this to me. It's, they're going to be, the, well, I will tell you this, the diet industry is going to explode because they're <laughs> going to be, you know, instead of, you know, the you know get a booty challenge it's gonna be a lose a booty challenge you know <laughs> <laughs> you, listen slim slim your thighs challenge you know it's gonna happen so basically like back said, to what we were doing in the 80s <laughs> exactly and what's and, and listen i'm gonna be over here and what what's that emoji with the with the little paint and the nails i'm gonna be right. over here painting my nails business as usual like mm-hmm let me go on with 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 this whole body that i was born with and keep doing what i've always been doing you know and so it's just so crazy because it's there's such a high concentration of it and like i said i I had this conversation with one of my friends who is not black and i said to her i am not against and i'm saying this for clarity i'm not against anybody having thick thighs and what have you what i Mm -hmm. am against is the fact that for years and years and years and not even against it what i have a problem with is that for years and years and years i know so many women of color of all kinds Mm -hmm. of colors so Asian women who weren't stereotypically thin as you think of Asian women who have big thighs and, and butts who were walking around uncomfortable. Black mm-hmm. women who were walking around with big thighs and big butts and getting disrespected and they might have been comfortable in their bodies, but they were walking around like what happens to me every day. Hey, hey, bitch, get over here. Bring your fine ass over here, bitch. Like, no one is doing that anymore mm-hmm. why because mm-hmm. it's okay because it's not a black woman it's not a right you know or my friends who were who who were latinas who would walk around down the street and get hollered at and nasty comments and things 
we've been dealing with this for years this has Mm -hmm. been life for us for years and i think it's not that i don't want non-color women of color to have these features i can't change you if you that's how you were born and please embrace that but the fact that now that it has become trendy because it is not on us exactly is where the problem lies because at the end of the day when that goes away the the white women even who were born that way are still going to look that way the asian women who were born that way are still going to look that way the 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 latinas still going to look that way the black women who were born that way still going to look that way and we're still not going to be accepted so exactly that's where the problem lies it's not that i don't want women to grow legs (laughs) right yeah no 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 party Right, Come join yeah. the thigh party. Uh, more than, the more the merrier. But understand that it's hurtful to know that I, for years, walked around trying to disguise that. Right. Because I was either considered fat. Right. Or a hoe, depending on who you ask and where, right. what side of town I was on. Mm-hmm. And now, it's just, oh, hey. Right. Hashtag embrace the booty And I'm like wait what First of all allow me to be petty for a minute If you gotta bend yourself all the way over To an upside down L To show off your behind Yeah okay you still got some work to do But that's besides the point Or if you have to twist so hard that my chiropractor is concerned Again that's not your butt That's posing Amen. Posing. Everybody likes a good pose But that doesn't make you have a big booty That just means you are a great poser Right. And, and it, but again, I think, you know, I mean, a lot of this, I think, can be summed up and, and you know, it, we see it all the time. I mean, you know, w- just recently with, you know, uh, one of those women, which shall not be named and not get any shine on this here podcast, stole <laughs> some designs from another woman, <laughs> another, you know, a, a black woman designer and is trying to pass them off as her own. You know, it, it, it's in everything. It's this constant theme. And, and what I, you know, what I sort of, you know, boil it down to is everybody want to be black, but don't nobody want to be black. That's right. basically what it boils down to. or And that's what it feels like a lot of the time. Um, and I think, you know, I, I just wish that, you know, there would be more sensitivity to that or understanding as to why, you know, that that feels problematic. You know, I'm not telling you not to celebrate the body that God gave you or hell, the body that you went and purchased. That's your business. I'm not telling you not to do that. But you need to also, you know, people need to also understand that to see that celebrated, you know, on one type of woman with those curves and not celebrated on another type of woman with those curves is extremely hurtful you know and extremely you know just i mean it just it sucks you know and and it's it's as a person who sits in that space where literally my body is a trend right now right that is when you say that out loud that is so 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 messed up like my body shape the one that i fell out the womb with it doesn't matter if i'm 250 pounds 150 pounds or 120 pounds i am always shaped like this it's not a trend for me this is my freaking life (laughs) right it's my life and it's the same thing we are not we're not a costume exactly please don't put my body on as a costume I think yeah I think I think that's what it boils down to so you know 
and watching it now, like I said, watching it unfold, I think if I were younger and it was as extreme as it is now, I think that would have a, a, a much bigger effect on my self-esteem and, and, and my body image. I think the fact that, you know, I have, you know, um, gotten to a space where I'm already comfortable with where I am and gotten to an age where I'm already comfortable where I am, it's... It, it doesn't affect me quite as much, but I, I think it it's hurtful for me when I see what that does to younger women, you know, to, you know, our daughters and, you know, nieces and sisters and, you know, women that are younger than us and seeing how they're affected by it. That's, that's what hurts me more, I think. Um, you know, the ones that happen to just be in that phase of finding themselves during this time of, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, of how this is portrayed in social media. So that, you know, and again, that's kind of why, you know, I wanted to talk about this and, you know, I try my best, you know, when I do run into younger women, you know, younger sisters who are like, oh, you know, I got to look like this or I got to look like that. And just trying to, you know, really express to them, you know, you are absolutely beautiful the way you are and you're enough, you know, and you can't tell, you can't say that enough. To, to, right. to people can't say it enough to yourself really um so yeah you know it's just it's just interesting it's an interesting phenomenon to watch particularly like i said watching it unfold on the internet is, is interesting i i consistently wonder would any of this exist or to what extent would it exist if there was no instagram or facebook right. or whatever because you need something to make things happen and what used to make right. things happen were magazine covers right and now right. it's instagram or facebook yeah. or whatever or snapchat or whatever the trend you know thing and is it's so week. funny because there came a time you know a few years ago where i just stopped buying magazines yeah like i was like if I'm flipping through this magazine and by the time I get from the front cover to the back cover, I feel worse about myself. I'm not spending my coins anymore on this, right? I'm hard enough on myself as it is. I don't need, you know, to see these outward manifestations of, you know, people saying you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. Your body's not good enough. You know what I mean? So I just stopped buying magazines, period. You know, I used to always buy, you know, uh, Shape and, you know, Muscle and Fitness Hers and all these other things. And even some that were more geared towards, you know, athletic or fit women. Um, you know, uh, a lot of them just made me feel some kind of way. So it was almost like, whew, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better because I'm getting this out of my space. I don't have to see this all the time. And boom, here comes Instagram and Facebook, you know, and, it, and it's like, it's even worse because it's 24 seven and it's, you know, whether you like it or not. I mean, obviously you cannot log on or not use those things, but if you are on it, like, you know, I spend more time, um, unfollowing pages and sort of, you know, making sure that pages don't pop up in my feed than I do, you know, anything else really, because it's like, I just, there's just, I just get tired of seeing that stuff all the time. So, you know, it, it's almost like your brain is still flooded with those images, you know. It's, it's worse, actually, yeah. when you think about it, because not only the amount of time that it's available, but we all knew somewhere in the back of our heads when we were looking at magazines that those images are of professional models or what have you and were taken by professional photographers right and then edited for the sake of a magazine right instagram is the biggest and excuse my french but it is the biggest mind fuck in the world because you have quote-unquote regular people mm -hmm. who are supposedly giving you 
to some extent curated but not necessarily edited pictures of their lives but now Mm -hmm. what has gone into instagram is that people use instagram the way they would use a magazine people are walking around with women who don't even know how to take a decent picture in real life are buying thousand dollar cameras to take pictures of themselves at the gym so that they can go home put them on their computers photoshop them to make themselves look the way they want to look Mm -hmm. and then they're putting them on instagram and it's being portrayed as this is what i really look like right and that i think is even more dangerous because the theory behind it is that yes it's curated but it's still your life and it's still who you are Right. But if you've spent three hours editing the pictures the way you would for a magazine, at this point I'm looking at a magazine, not mm-hmm. Instagram. <laughs> and right. I've been very careful to kind of not really edit and, and, and not really change things because I don't like the idea that if I met a friend from Instagram that they wouldn't be able to recognize me because I look completely different. Oh, I have had that unfortunate, awkward incident happen. And I was like, oh, so you, I mean, the amount of, I mean, I already knew that this person was Photoshopping all of their images anyway, um, just because I'm not stupid. Um, But to actually be faced with that head on and be like, wow, like you look absolutely nothing like you are portraying yourself to look in real which is incredibly sad because that they like they were completely different in person than they than their online persona you know completely um and so that was that was pretty disheartening to see because it's like why do you feel like you got to do all that um you know and, and i you know if nothing else i think you know the few people that have met me sort of started you know i started out knowing them through the interwebs and then met me in real life like I'm pretty sure all of them would say that I'm exactly the same either way like I am pretty much the same person whether I'm online or whether you meet me in real life um you know I'm shorter and and fatter in real life (laughs) stop it um but yeah you know four foot (laughs) eleven and for (laughs) and and for the same you know reasons you mentioned I very rarely I don't filter picture I mean unless it's like a, a cool color like I'm like oh this is really pretty like I like the color but like in terms of like fixing flaws and filtering and doing all you know and smoking mirrors and all that kind of bullshit nope. first I don't have time you know a, a job. B, right B who's gonna care anyway like it ain't like you know my page is private and most of the people that see me again are people that know me in real life and they already know what I look like so why you know who are you filtering stuff for you know or whatever and see I just exactly that I don't I don't ever want to you know put that um you know perception out there even like with this whole training thing and bodybuilding and all that like i'm pretty transparent during prep like i if it sucks i will tell you it sucks you know if it you know if i'm having a bad day or i you know didn't eat what i was supposed to eat i'm gonna tell you that you know i'm i'm gonna post pictures the whole way through when i look crappy and when i don't (laughs) look crappy you know i'm just that's just me you know so yeah it i mean like you said, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, when the next it thing is not this, but it's something else, you know, delts or, yeah, you know, big biceps, you know, it's going to oh be very God. interesting to see, <laughs> you know, because I'm going to be, out, I'm going to be, you know, up shit's Creek when that happens, but I have um, neither of those things. Right, right. Now, you know, if, if traps become a thing, I'm your, bro. I got you. 
I got, I got you. some traps, okay? Back I muscles, trap. I got you. Trap queen. Um, but yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what the next big thing is. And, and, you know, when it is something that they don't already have, right. how they going to get rid of it and get the next thing. So, right. and really the only, like I said, the only ones that win in that situation are the fitness industry and, you know, the people that are selling, you know, whatever they're selling you to get you whatever it is that you think that you want, you know, in terms of your body. So, you know, that's <laughs> that. Um, Oh, God, there was something else I was going to ask you. Um, well, you know what I was just sitting here thinking about while you're thinking of what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. How does this mess impact men? Because clearly, clearly men Photoshop, right? Mm. Clearly men, I've seen the abs where, dude, nah, man. You, right. Nobody's abs really look like that. And the ones who do, we they look like that consistently. Right. But I always wonder because I feel like the men that I follow might just be because I follow a certain type of dude for the most part on uh-huh. Instagram. Um, they are not photoshopping a damn thing. <laughs> and they're not playing to fact, any sort of anything. It's just, yo, this is what I look like today. Yo, I'm bench press I'm bench pressing today. Yo, here's my squat. This is what I well, look like. Well, and not and not only that, like I always say there is nothing like if you want to emulate something, emulate the confidence of a mediocre man. Because <laughs> usually I say mediocre white man, but that's a whole other story. But they are confident, like, I mean, it is just amazing to watch. I mean, and, and to your point, you know, in terms of guys not really photoshopping and things like that, you will get a dude who literally, literally looks like he is one sandwich away from being morbidly obese and be posted up shirt off like yo i am the shit i'm about to be mr olympia y'all i'm, I'm about to pro card hashtag pro card bound bruh it girl they don't care like they literally do not care and they I, I mean and i won't say that's all of them i'm sure there's a you know very you know sort of small and i've actually seen it in terms of bodybuilders you know men that that have look like they have some body ish body image issues or disordered eating issues you know that come along with that but it definitely is not as prevalent with them as it is with women which i just like i said i find you know amazing and i mean shoot you know for for that reason alone i mean i don't want to take any other pages out of their book but for that reason alone that's a page to take out of their book that we should Mm -hmm. embrace like you know what this is where i am right i am fine but i guess there's also and this is a whole other topic for a whole other show there also aren't as many messages about what's wrong with men there are images yes of course the ideal image is it varies between Kendall, The Rock, you know, some other ma- ridiculously muscular man. But in day-to-day life, I can walk down the street in a pair of shorts and inevitably someone is going to tell me, oh, honey, you need to cover up that cellulite. Or, oh, right. honey, you need to cover up that, that loose skin. Or, oh, honey, you need to do it. And for women, we do. We get, a, there are a lot of things that are quote-unquote wrong with us. Yeah. I mean, every fitness magazine article, every fitness program, you know, just about everything for women is geared towards how to fix what's wrong with you. Right. Right. That's it. It's never geared towards anything else but that. For men, it's 
how to get stronger. You know, if, if it is how to fix what's wrong with you, it's it might be like, oh, abs. bring up your, you know, br- how to bring up your delts or whatever. It's it's just done in a, in a much different way. It's not even like something's wrong with you. It's just like, yo, you know, it's just very matter of fact. Like, oh, you want to get bigger delts? Here's what you need to do. Right. Not, even the way you know, they approach abs. Oh, you yeah. want a flatter stomach and abs like this dude on the cover? Here's what he did. Well, exactly. It's, it's fix it. It's broken. Fix it. You're you know, broken. You're unattractive. Right. There's so. there's something wrong with you. And it's it's interesting because one of the main reasons that I decided to work with the coach that I'm working with is because that was one of the first coaches that I'd met that didn't say, "Okay, well here's here's here are your issues and here's how we need to fix them." You know, it he he Cliff never said that. He was never like, Okay, well, you know, here here are your body parts we need to work on. Like he was very holistic about the whole thing. Um, and I appreciated that because I hear, you know, women all the time, you know, women competitors talking about, oh, well, you know, my coach said that, you know, I need to I need to fix my shoulders, I need to fix I need to work on my butt, I need to work on my legs. You know, and it's just kinda like what? Right. You know, but never from a matter of fact like oh okay you know we need to you know increase your symmetry that's a very different from your from your like we need to fix this right just, that that's a know. that's a very different messaging than you know the lower half of your body is wrong and we need to correct it you know or the upper half you know is wrong and we need to do something about it you know it, it's just it's a it's very different messaging and i think you know it, it things like those those subtle types of messages, those are the things that chip away and erode your self-esteem and your, you know, the way you see yourself, you know, just almost in a just very sneaky kind of way. Like you don't even see it coming. And then all of a sudden you start using that language, you know, oh, and you're focused on it. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, my legs aren't, aren't, aren't great. So I'm, I'm not, you know, competing because my, you know, my legs aren't good. My, like that was my story I created for myself for a long time pretty much based upon what other people said to me you know and i didn't even realize it until you know one day i was like actually they're fine and you can fuck off you know (laughs) yeah so um yeah i mean i think i i would agree with that i don't think that you know men view like they don't necessarily have the same body issues forced upon them by society I think, you know, as they get older now, you know, they may be more conscious of the fact that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm heavier than I'd like to be or, you know, things like that. But again, it's, it's a much more general thing. And it's definitely for, you know, most guys, I think that are average, like I'm not talking about like super overweight, that ain't going to be something that's going to stop them from trying to hit on a chick or sure a the job that they want or, you know, wear certain things um, that they feel like wearing sometimes to their detriment. Um, they're going to do what they're going to do, you but know, and they don't let it get in. covered in a blanket. Right, because right. Or just not, I'm not going, I'm not going out because I look terrible today. Like that's, you know, that's, um, that's kind of how they look at things. Like I said, I mean, you know, maybe we need to take a page out of that book. Shoot. I mean, well, I, I mean, you know. I, I think that's, well, that's part of what made me think about it because to a certain extent, I have eliminated, I would say, not women's pages, but a lot of female-focused pages. And I I stick to athletes, but a lot of who I follow, for better or worse, are male powerlifters, a few male bodybuilders here and there, but mostly male crossfitters, weightlifters, powerlifters, because I don't have to think... They, there's no... There's no 
they don't post things with caveats. Mm-hmm. I always, mm-hmm. I know I find myself doing it. I, my new gym is too hot for me to not wear shorts. I hate wearing shorts. I wish that they could create pants that feel as not hot as shorts do <laughs> because mm-hmm. I hate wearing mm-hmm. shorts. And it takes a lot for me to post videos of me training without posting. Yes, I know I have cellulite. Yes, I know my butt is jiggling. Yes, I know because mm-hmm. that is what people focus on on women's videos. I see it every day when I look at women's videos where I'll scroll through and the girl could be squatting 400 pounds for reps. Right. And the, and the first comment inevitably is going to be somebody saying, oh, look at her cellulite. Right. Right. Never mind this ridiculous thing she's doing. This amazing right. feat of, of female athleticism. Right. Ugh, look at her cellulite. Or, ugh, she's so fat. Or, ugh, yeah. I don't want to look like that. So, I, they're, they're, to a certain extent, I've eliminated a lot of that because by following a bunch of men. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sad yeah. that you have to do yeah. that. But yeah. they don't, I, I don't see the guys I follow posting at least at least not the ones who are athletes focused i have some guys who i focus who i follow who are weight loss focused and they are more likely to caveat post but the male athletes i follow they're like yeah i'm a super extra duper super heavyweight class so i'm gonna go eat some fries now because i gotta lift in an hour right yeah that's my belly yeah i got a big gut Mm -hmm. it helps it helps the bench press (laughs) absolutely you know and and again they you know you know, and I, I certainly envy them for that because they have the freedom to do that. You know, we, we they we just do not get that same. You know, we're just not extended that same space to 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 feel good about ourselves no matter what. You know, it's just I mean, it's a mess. You and know, ladies, and stop doing it to each other. Like that's, that's what's even worse. Stop yeah. doing it to each other. Don't. You know, yeah. Sometimes it's that you may not like what someone has on. I have days where I look at people and I'm like, really. Why are you in the gym right. in your panties? Please put on something. Right. At least put on a pair of shorts. Like, why are you training in actual panties? Mm-hmm. Put on some clothes. Mm-hmm. Not because you need to cover up, but because hygiene is a thing. <laughs> right. Hygiene is a thing. Right. You're on a bench that 50 million other people have used. Other than that, I don't care what you really have on, but I don't know that I want to see your female parts dragging right. along the bench that I might need to use later. Um, <laughs> but... Lady, like we do that to each other we're yep. quick to point out oh look at her legs they're gross right no oh, she has so much cellulite oh. right or and, and here's the thing that i hate because i get this a lot and and it's it's a shady ass compliment and it's it's passive aggressive and you know i'm 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 saying it out there to all the women who've ever said this to me i know what you're doing i see you anyway so it goes something like this Oh wow, you know, those shorts that you have on are so cute. I I love those. I I would never be brave enough to wear those. Oh, I would never have the nerve to go out in something like that. Oh, wow, you know, that I just I kudos to you. Like I just I just would never in my life, you know, be brave enough to do that. First of all, bitch. <laughs> Number That's why one. I, love you. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, come on, don't do that. Number one, if you like them, you can just say they're cute and move on. Like, we don't need to do all of this. And number two, you you have an issue with you. You don't have an issue with me. You know what I mean? Like, typically when people do things like that, it's because there's something within themselves that they are uncomfortable with and they want you to be uncomfortable with you doing that same thing. And when you're not, 
that's when they try to you know sort of bring you down a notch I guess you could say but you know I, I, I read this saying once um, you can't shame a woman who has no shame <laughs> like it's true you you really can't you know and 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 I think people tend to find that particularly disturbing um, especially I think with with you know women of color like you know if we're just unabashedly who we are like that is like people hate that shit I mean you know look at um you know look at Serena Williams you know what other athlete in the history of athletes have you ever seen whether you know and I'm talking about male female or otherwise have you ever seen so much commentary on their body and that they look like a man and that they're less than human, you know, and, it, and, and I was going to say, you know, the same thing, you know, if you go to the opposite end of the spectrum from what we've been talking about, but, you know, talking about women who are very athletic, you know, it's the same, it's the same kind of drama, you know, just kind of in the, in the opposite spectrum, you just get so much, you know, whatever you know oh you look like a dude or that's disgusting and blah blah I would never want to look like you know just the whole gamut you know what I mean and it's just like you know we're just not supposed to be comfortable and like how we look like that uh, apparently like that's that's an issue um you know and it and it's funny that you know kind of the the speaking on that the other point I wanted to make and talk about is you know thinking about you know what we've been talking about in terms of you know growing up and you know your dance experience and you know all of these other things how has your you know fitness slash slash strength journey figured into how you perceive yourself now i am going to jump and do this backwards i'm going to start where i am now um So as I think I mentioned on the last episode, I've been training at a different gym. I still have my commercial gym situation, but I've been spending a lot of time at more of a athletic performance center. That's actually what they call it. Um, And it's funny because there are no mirrors anywhere Mm -hmm. at all. Like there's not a single mirror to be found in that building except in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So that has been the biggest blessing ever because I don't know what the hell I look like. That's part of why I can wear shorts now because first of all, it's a focused environment where there are a bunch of people who are just really focused on getting stronger, getting faster, getting better, what have you, first of all. Second of all, there's no mirror. So the thing that I'm uncomfortable with and I will be uncomfortable with probably until they fall off, which probably won't happen until I'm in an actual coffin under the ground and have been there for a while, are my legs. I hate them. I'll never like them. It's just kind of what it is. I'll get Mm -hmm. to a point probably where I find peace with them, but I will never be Mm -hmm. because that's the part of me that people like to harp on and that people use Mm -hmm. to invalidate my fitness because, yeah, I have fat legs. I always will. I weighed 250 pounds and almost all that 250 pounds was in my legs. So (laughs) you're going to see cellulite. You're going to see that's where my fat is. That's where my loose skin is. It is what it is. And training in some training someplace where I can't see that and I can't see until I watch my videos back. I can't see the jiggling. I can't see Mm -hmm. the, the, the thing that makes me the most uncomfortable in the world. That's like earth shatteringly changing. It's a great thing. Mm hmm. And because the people around me are focused on performance, that really helps too, because I don't get the comments. I don't get, I can really, you know, I get the positive of, oh my God, like there was a woman who was in there the other day 
and she said you know she was just like i saw you last time you were here and she, i'm just she, she's like you're so small and mind blown i don't understand how you're benching so much i just don't understand and i think it's amazing and she's like i'm not trying to you know i hope i'm not freaking you out just i keep watching you and i just don't understand and meanwhile i'm over here benching and i'm not really thinking about how strong or weak i am or what i look like but to get a comment from a woman that has nothing to do with my appearance in right. the gym mm-hmm. is so different from my normal experience that it sat with me for a really long time because when I go back to my commercial gym, I put my pants back on for the most right. part. Right, right. And when I wear shorts, and I know I posted about this on Instagram, mm-hmm. the first thing that, oh, I thought you were so fit, but look at your legs. No wonder mm. you wear pants all the time. I thought you were in better shape than that. Shh, man, listen. Those kinds of things when you've been where I've been will ruin your week. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as hard as I have worked to not be 250 pounds, especially since that journey to, to, to being 250, a lot of that was not a willing choice. Right, right. And so I think when you're that level of, overweight when you're walking around obese for a lot of us male female what have you when you look in the mirror every day you still see that person that Mm -hmm. is one thing that most people don't understand about losing weight when you work hard to not be obese anymore your biggest fear is waking up as that person again right right and when you look in the mirror you always see parts of that person so when you have someone say something like that to you it really is just like well fuck what why why am i in here then right right why am i in here why am i killing myself so i think for me being able to focus on and powerlifting as a whole and moving away from bodybuilding and aesthetics has really helped me to be able to focus on what i can do because to to a fair chunk of society i will never look fit Mm-hmm. I will never mm-hmm. look like a fit chick. I will never have an Instagram following because I'm a fit chick. Because at the end of the day, I still have loose skin. I still have cellulite. And quite frankly, I'm 37 years old and I have the body of a 37-year-old woman. It's, I was not just a about to say that. I was just about to say that. <laughs> not a, that I am not 25. Okay. And right. It's like, it is what it is. If you're 19 and you're following me because you think what I do is cool, more power to you. But understand, I'm 37, so I am not going to look like a 25-year-old. Right. So I think, and I think that it's, it's, it's liberating to be in a sport where that's, that has no factor. Because gymnastics, well, which you look like, factors in. Go ahead. Ice skating mm-hmm. and figure skating and dance and all the other sports I've been in except for soccer and those sports. But a lot of the things that I've chosen over the years, for whatever crazy reason, have a very heavy-duty focus on your costuming and your hair and your makeup. And even the right. first thing, even the first thing I chose with regard to lifting weights was, even though I really wanted to be in fitness, I leaned toward figure at first because I didn't know where the heck to find a coach for to teach right. me how to do fitness per se. Right. And even with that. With fitness, a huge chunk of what you're judged on is actually what what you, you can do. What yeah. you you know like, I, but then I go to figure and it's like, okay, your skin tone, how nice, right. how tight is your skin, and how, well, fuck me, <laughs> right? Those aren't necessarily things that you can control, right? Those aren't, and and you actually brought up a really interesting point I wanted to touch upon real quick before I forget. So when you were talking about you know, sort of the, the differences between um, powerlifting and, and bodybuilding and, you know, going to the two different gyms and things like that. What do you think about, and, and I, I, I'm wondering how this plays into all of that. And I know we've talked about it before, 
Um, but, you know, powerlifting, CrossFit, you know, not, I haven't seen it quite, a, quite as much as it's in Oli lifting, but I think some of these same issues still exist, maybe a little bit more subtle, um, but I think they're just as pervasive. The quote unquote sexy power lifter, the quote unquote hot CrossFit athlete. Um, what are your, like, how, how do you think, you know, how do you think that's sort of figuring into kind of what we were talking about? You know, the whole, well, this is all about what you do and not what you look like, but then you kind of get that message that maybe it isn't (laughs) just all about what you can do. Um, because we all know, you know, we've seen sort of who kind of gets the shine in terms of, you know, power lifters, you know, or particularly with CrossFit athletes, I think it's incredibly pervasive that you may know of certain CrossFit athletes that aren't actually the best athletes, but it's because of the way that they look and their quote unquote marketability. Um, and, and, you know, sort of seeing that how, how do you think that kind of figures in? And it may not be personally for you. You may not be affected by that. But what do you think that, what kind of effect do you think that has on women who might be interested in powerlifting or might be interested in doing CrossFit, but because they don't look like a CrossFit athlete or don't look like what they perceive a powerlifter should look like based upon those specific images? Like what, you know, how, how, does, how does all of that work? Okay, I'm going to be as blunt as I possibly can be. I hate that shit. <laughs> I was like, girl, it's your podcast. Like, I literally, I hate that shit. Only because there was a point in powerlifting where powerlifting was, if you want to call it pure, it was pure. Let's, I, I think that's the most ridiculous word, but it's the one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. People were just going in and lifting heavy shit because it's what they love to do. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it was, can you lift it or can you not? Yes. Right. No. No. What's right. your total? What did you, who wins the meat? That those are the things we were concerned about, right? Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about your abs when you're up under that bar. Right. And then, or what because, they look like anyway. <laughs> but then because it became popular and there was a subset, anytime something becomes popular, let's be real here. Anytime something becomes popular, various vendors and merchants and people with shit to sell Mm -hmm. get in on it right it's oh well there are all these power lifters they clearly need supplements right they need protein powder and they need pre-workout and they need t-shirts and they need booty shorts and and marketing in and of itself is always aspirational always so for the men they get marketed Here's the biggest, strongest man, you right. know, be right. like this big bearded manly man who lifted 9,000 right. pounds, you know, right. <laughs> but then for us, it's marketability is two things for women. Yeah. On our side, we get aspirational, but they still use women to sell products to men. And those yep. women always have to be sexy mm-hmm. and sexy is always narrowly defined. And so, yeah, we still don't see tons of, of heavyweight or super heavyweight women getting deals to be supplement the face right. of a supplement company there might right. be somebody in the background giving them you know who are who's sponsoring them but very often they're not the face mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i hate the fact that 
there are women who might be quite frankly and i am I, hey i'm a mediocre power lifter i can say that who are as mediocre as i am <laughs> who get a lot of attention whether you want to say it's on social media or through or you know reposts of things or they're the face of becoming the face of the sport so to speak mm-hmm. not because they're talented power lifters right but because they're hot right and i hate that shit i really yeah. do like if you're talented there are some really hot girls who are super talented power lifters. oh yeah more oh, yeah. power to them take all your sponsorship money to sponsorship pants whatever it is you're getting out of these right. sponsorships and run with that shit i yes. totally support that if you're hot and you're talented make I totally your coins make your coins make hell if, if if someone wants to sponsor me for protein powder when i am not so mediocre shit just <laughs> cut my protein powder bill back you know <laughs> like right. take right. whatever you can get out of it and run with it if you're talented and you deserve that shit but if you are the most mediocre to ever be mediocre and you are getting by on being hot i hate that i just mm-hmm. i wouldn't be comfortable mm-hmm. with that like if there was a black people supplement company and some some dude came to me and said hey because you're built like you know you're built the way you are we want to sponsor you nah man yeah, Why? and I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've definitely been approached, you know, by s- some companies, um, you know, to to talk about things like that. And you know me, I put my lawyer hat on immediately. I'm like, okay, let's sit down and talk about this. What are my ex? What are you expecting me to do? What do I need to, you know, blah 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 blah. What's the time commitment? So on and so forth. And you know. And I'm not, I mean, don't get me wrong. Listen, I'm not sitting here saying 95,000 people are approaching me, but it happened, you know, once or twice. Um, It was always something I didn't feel comfortable with. You know, it was always, oh, well, you know, can you um, pub our product wearing X, Y, and Z? Why would you want me to wear a bikini? Right, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking? So again, you know, it's not about, what you can do it's about what you look like and here's the thing like what you were just saying there are plenty of you know badass powerlifting olympic lifting crossfitting women who look amazing who have smoking hot bodies um and you know are are repping you know whatever companies that's fine but can we get like pictures of them actually doing what it is that they do yes and not doing it like i'm gonna need you not to be deadlifting in thigh high boots like that kind of stuff just sets but like right like focus on what they can do you know i'm fine with that but if they're you know if if they're selling your product and they're in the gym with their hair up and maybe not a whole lot of makeup on and they're sweating and huffing and puffing you know Focus on that. Like, why Why we need to get a cleavage shot of her, you know, with a supplement in her hand, you know? And, I mean, I guess you do what works, but I just feel like sometimes those types of images are, are damaging and problematic in two ways. Number one, like I said, you might have women who are just regular, degular, schmegular women who want to get into these sports, but then they see that and it's not necessarily aspirational for them it's oh well i don't look like that i'll never look like that so why why bother trying right um you know it i think it's problematic you know in that way um and then i think it's problematic because again you know you're not focusing on what 
you know this particular set of women can do and and it's not realistic you know you're not realizing but looking at these pictures that this person has pretty much devoted their entire life to training for this particular sport so this is all that they do and so they have the time to you know diet or do whatever they need to do to look like that for that specific photo shoot or they have the the resources to you know have the perfect lighting and 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 do all of these things i mean it's interesting there was a crossfit athlete recently um i think jamie joyce i think is her name yeah Asian, yeah Asian american i um, love her and she's bad as hell but I love she her. literally wrote this post on instagram about how she felt bad because she didn't look like a quote-unquote crossfit athlete she was not the prototypical hot crossfit chick you know and i'm sitting here reading this stunned because i'm like this chick is bad as hell you know when you look at like you know how well she's done in crossfit and you know other things and i'm like and you are upset with yourself because you don't have rock hard abs girl you know it just it was just stunning to me and again it's just it just goes back to how pervasive this thing is, you know, this this unrealistic expectation for women's bodies, you know. Right. Um, I mean, yes, men are encouraged to look like whoever is cool at the moment. And like right now, beards and manliness is having a moment. So everybody's got to have a beard and be a big old man. But <laughs> but you can be right. But you could be fat as hell with a beer belly and have a have a beard and that man stupid man bun or whatever it is. And everybody's all on you. Yep. You know what I mean? There's still not that same level of, you know, scrutiny um, and control over the way that men look as it is the way that women look so well, clearly not because and, and it is interesting because I did have a while back when I started talking about powerlifting mm-hmm. I did have this very odd encounter with a coach um, not my coach clearly not my not my coach mm-hmm. that I'm taking a break from and not any other coaches that I've spoken with but someone I talked to very very early on and we had a really awkward conversation because his interest was primarily what I look like he was mm-hmm. very focused on the fact that, first of all, no one knew who I was. Like, I'm, you know, invisible as far as social media was concerned. But that, oh, well, you know, we can make you popular and, you know, we, we just, you don't you don't look your age. You don't, I would have never guessed you were in your 30s. And you're curvy mm-hmm. and low. And he was just focused on, and that is, again, I'm very anti that. I am, Serena Williams, as far as what I think an athlete's, career and marketing should look like serena williams has been photographed for bras for years she's got a sponsorship deal with a bra company and even in those there's something about the way she pulls herself together that there's nothing sexual about it she's never let herself become purely sex mm-hmm. and when i was approached with oh well you know your body will you know but at the end of the day i can get up there naked on the platform they're not gonna white light my nakedness right exactly (laughs) exactly at the end of the day no one is white lighting my nakedness if i can't lift i can't lift and i also feel like it would be really hard to bench press naked right well for the record that might be difficult yeah, for the true. record i feel that's like my my the, the, the things would travel again i have the body of a 37 year old woman so and and mine my boobs are real so they don't stand right. up straight when i lay down so i just feel right. like that would be a lot of complications right right no thanks right i'm good yeah i'm good 
But yeah, you know, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of that whole objectify, yeah. over-the-top sexiness. I hate yeah. when I see power... Women who actually market themselves as powerlifters. I hate when I see the slow-motion video with the walk with the look over the shoulder and the arched back and the, you know, my booty shorts are even shorter than they really need to be. I am not a fan of that. Right. I just not. And we'll see. And here's the thing, though. Like, for me... I think it's important like I think the recurring theme here is be comfortable in your skin do whatever the hell you want to do but do it because that's what you want to do right not, not because, because someone may feel you. compelled to do it because of what other expectations people have for you or what you feel like you know you have to do in order to you know sort of gain the visibility that you need right if you're doing it because you just love lifting in booty shorts I lift More power to you. all the time. I probably ain't got no business doing it, but that's what I'm comfortable in. You know, when I go to CrossFit, you know, when I go there, you know, nobody ever, nobody bats an eye, you know, because this is, that's what, that's where I'm comfortable and that's what I'm comfortable doing, you know? Um, but you know, it's never, it's, it's still all about, okay, that's cute. Your shorts are cute, but I'm gonna need you to get in here and do these double unders. You know what I'm saying? Like, Ain't nobody, no one's really tripping off of, of what anyone else wears. You know, any, I mean, in, in the regular gym, you know, it's, eh, it's, it's people that don't know me are typically the ones that try to approach me before someone has been able to catch them and say, you probably want to leave her alone. Like she is not for the bullshit. She, right. she will choke you. Right. She and she probably can squash you. you. Right. So, you know, every once in a while that happens. But, you know, again, for the most part, I just kind of do my own thing. But again, that is my choice. Like, that is what I'm comfortable in. I'm not doing it for any other reason than that. You know, I still get in there and, and put in the work and do what I need to do. So, you know, I don't I definitely don't want it to come off like we're like, you shouldn't do this or that. Do what the hell you want to do, but do yep. it because you want to do it. Right. Because you know? it's who you and, are and, and what's what it's what you love. Like, I, I lean sexy. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I don't lean sexy. Sexy is kind of what I do because I kind of don't have a choice. Um, like, mm-hmm. it's how I'm built. Like, if I try to be unsexy, it almost comes off like I'm being a parody of myself. Right. Right. Like, what am I doing? What am I doing? No. So, yeah, sexy. I lean sexy, but if someone came to me and said, oh, well, I need you to arch your back and walk in slow motion, right. bend over slowly for the death. No. Yeah. Fuck all of that. Fuck every last bit no. of that. Just, Absolutely. I'm not. sorry. I dance like Beyonce between sets, and if that happens to be sexy, it's because it's what I do. You know, it's just what I'm doing in right. that moment. If I'm if I'm if I'm having a I'm from the islands moment, and that t- that part of my my body takes over, and yes, I'm whining straight up whining underneath the bar. That is what I am doing in that moment. But mm-hmm. if you tell mm-hmm. me, oh well, I need you to roll your hips mm-hmm. to the left, n- nah, man, bruh, nah, no, nope. exactly. That's no nope. the moment I'm gonna get pissed off. That's what I'm so putting my sweatpants have- on. Right. Since we have literally been gabbing for almost two hours. My Go team. Gosh. Um, I know. It's been such a good conversation. I think the, the last thing I kind of wanted to cover, um, you know, I always think about, you know, the lessons I'm teaching my son um, about women and, you know, how to be respectful of women and their right to, you know, sort of govern themselves and things like that. You know, I always think about what messages I wish I had gotten as a young girl or if I had a daughter what I would tell her so I guess that's kind of the last question I want to throw out there to you like if you you know what would you tell young die what would you tell many die about um 
you know, body image and, 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 and how to sort of look at that, uh, you know, in spite of what everyone else is telling you what your body image should be. There are two really simple things. Number one mm-hmm. is the, you are okay, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are okay. Like, you are who you are and you are okay as that person. You are good as that person, period. Mm-hmm. Because no one ever told me that. Mm-hmm. No one. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, ooh, and this is soapbox. I'm not going to go on the soapbox because we've already been talking long enough. Men do not determine how attractive you are or are not. Yes. Because I spent a fair chunk of my 20s trying to play into what men wanted and responded to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and trying to be as we were just talking about intentionally sexy and intentionally look at me because i thought that would find me a significant other or Mm -hmm. a husband clearly that didn't work because i am definitely single at 37 but Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think single af (laughs) i right the singlest single that ever hashtag (laughs) (laughs) but I really do think it's I really wish somebody had told me that men don't determine that yes there are things Mm -hmm. that maybe to a certain level maybe you could consider universal things that they like to look at to a certain extent I don't know because I feel like I know boob men leg men butt men whatever but anyway I just wish someone had told little me that their preferences don't determine your attractiveness right it's what you like (laughs) it's what you like it's what you feel good in you know you can't because i really do think there are and i see it in women a lot of young women where because men don't respond to them they think they're ugly Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. unattractive or Mm what or not worthy and i definitely walked around feeling that way for a really long time okay so when i'm covered up you don't respond to me so the only thing i have going for me is my body so i'm going to parade around naked until someone pays attention to me right Right. that's not a good place to be so those are my two things Uh, those Mm -hmm. are mine Mm -hmm. now i want to know what yours are um i think for me um again you know going back to you know when i felt like sort of most what i felt most resentful of and and really kind of affected me Um, I would tell little me, you know, or me at that age that you don't have to play small for anyone. You don't have to. Yes. And I mean, I guess I tell my daughter that too. You don't have to cover yourself. You don't have to shrink yourself for anybody, especially not a damn man. You be who you are and they need to worry about themselves. You cannot and are not responsible for anyone else's actions but your own. So if they can't keep their eyes off of you, that's their damn problem. And that's something they need to address. Why the hell a grown ass man is looking at a 13, 14, 15 year old. That's stuff that they need to deal with on you know themselves. So don't ever feel like you have to, you know, play yourself down for anyone. I think that would be um, the 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 first thing. And I think the second thing would be um, you know, despite what society tells you, you know, you are enough. Number one, you're perfect the way you are. And again, you don't have to apologize for being a black woman. Never, ever, Amen. ever apologize for that. 
or for having a curvy body or for having a non-curvy body or for being extremely muscular don't ever apologize for that you know that is how God made you and you know you need to learn how to revel in that and be comfortable with it and you know girl just flourish right so I think those are the two things that I would tell mini Brie or um, you know I would tell little Brie so I think that is a good place for us to to sort of wrap this up because we could talk about this all night child Right, and then we'd both be useless in the morning. Um, Pretty much, yes. So, But I just want to thank our listeners for coming back and listening to us gab, gab, gab again. Um, We really appreciate it. Um, We would really appreciate it if you would leave us some feedback, some ratings, some stars, some comments um, on iTunes or SoundCloud. Let us know, you know, if you're digging it. let us know what you want to hear about, you know, just let us know you're out there. Um, we are also, you know, you can visit our blog. We have a new blog post, relatively new blog post up about, uh, things that, uh, I'm Bree is digging right now. Um, there's also some cool discount codes you might find. So you might want to go check it out. Check out the blog. Visit, (laughs) go visit the blog. We're on WordPress. Um, the links in our, in our Instagram, which is at chocolate bar life. So you can find us there. Really cool pictures of some beautiful, badass chocolate brown girls doing amazing things. Um, other than that, I guess we will see you on the next go round. Uh, see you at the bar. This is Bree. This is D. Signing <laughs> out. Good night. Good night.